Hi, everybody. I'm Bill Whittle here with uh, Steve Green and Scott Ott. And, uh, you know, the, the hard part about doing five shows a week for 13 years now is not finding stuff to talk about. It's finding new stuff to talk about. That's the issue, stuff we haven't talked about before. So, guys, today I want you to help me with something. Um, and I want you to help me to understand this because this is genuinely more of a question than a theory. I want to talk about the, the, the murderous rage that exists in some people towards the anti-vax people. So I'm actually talking about the anti-anti-vax people. And, and in order to make this something fresh and new and not about COVID again and all the rest of it, let's just, let's just completely depoliticize this whole thing because I want to understand the emotional dynamic behind it. So forget about COVID, forget about Fauci, forget about Biden, forget about all, is it, forget that. Let's go back to the um, to 1878. There's a yellow fever epidemic in Memphis and 100,000 to 150,000 people killed in a city that size at that time was brutal, brutal. The CDC says that there's a vaccine for yellow fever. You usually take it once and it provides immunity for the rest of your life. And it's 99 percent effective plus or so on. So here's where I, here's where I want to go with this. Uh, Steve, let's go back to. Let's take our modern society and deal with the, the yellow fever problem to, to make this a, a, a focused discussion, not about efficacy of vaccines or any of that stuff, yeah. just about where is this rage coming from? So if we take modern society we, and we have, the, have this Memphis thing, if there's a yellow fever vaccine and I get vaccinated, I can walk straight into the middle of the most infected neighborhood in Memphis without a care in the world knowing full well that not only am I protected, but I cannot transmit this, this disease either. So this is why I want you to help me understand where the rage comes from. Because if there was no vaccine today, then you could make the case that people who aren't wearing masks or are contributing to my potential demise and, and all of that stuff. But, but once you're vaccinated, you're protected. And I want to know why people are murderously angry at unvaccinated people. I don't care about the reasons, it's a whole different show. Why are they so murderously angry about unvaccinated people when they are protected and essentially should be in a position of saying, well, I, you know, I, I don't care. Vaccines protect you. There's no shortage of vaccines. So what's driving this? Uh, I've got, I have two theories, and maybe there's a little bit of truth to to both of them. I don't know. The first one is just imagine you're one of those residents in Memphis way back when, and you're scared to death of yellow fever because it's 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 killed some of your friends, it's killed some of your loved ones. It's, everybody, everybody you. you know, has lost somebody in in Memphis. In, in it, it, exactly, and you've been holding out hope that a vaccine would be developed in time to wipe out this plague. That's 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 killing so many people that that you know or are actually related to. And the vaccine comes out and it's this miracle drug. As you said, 99% eff effectiveness and it lasts you a lifetime. Well, a year goes by and it turns out that the vaccine is only maybe 50% effective and it doesn't last much more than six to nine months. Well, you might be angry, but having... You'd have every right to be angry, but human beings, we are, we are flawed creatures and we prefer to direct our blame outward rather than inward. And having had our hopes dashed and our fears renewed 
by the vaccine having not delivered on the uh, on the promises, maybe you're going to lash out on people who didn't get the vaccine because they're the ones killing you now. And so, so you're saying basically people are are are. I'm not talking about nor- even normal people, most people, but the people who are murderously yeah. against people who are who are anti-vax. Yeah. You're basically saying that they're reacting to the they want them vaccinated because the vaccine doesn't really work. They, they, they want them vaccinated to restore their hope, to allow them to allay their fears once again. It's not about you're going to get me sick necessarily. It's not that, oh, you're going to die. It's that I've been living in terror and you're making me afraid again because you won't do the thing that they promised me would make everybody safe and happy. And as human beings, we generally prefer to direct our anger outwards. It's the way we're wired. And it's one of those virtues is to to fight against it. But we're not all virtuous all the time. And I'm, I'm trying to be as gentle here in no, my judgment as, as, as I can be. It's not about COVID. Yeah. Um, uh, and my, I, I do have a second theory, if I can uh, recall what the sure. hell it was here. Um Oh, I do want to – I've noticed similar behavior on the part of uh, the angry environmentalists. Uh, They believe they're saving the world, that you know, if we pass the right laws, if we enact the right taxes, that we're going to save the world from this impending disaster. And if you don't get on board the the, the save the world platform, if you don't follow their political philosophy to do all this, then you are literally Hitler because you're going to kill millions or billions of human beings. And they express it in those terms. You can go on social media and- That's exactly right. Yeah. The environmental crowd is just as hateful and angry and outward directing of that hate and their anger as the anti-anti-vaccination people are. Gee, Scott, I don't know, but that kind of attitude to me sounds kind of like this religious zealotry, this religious fundamentalism that that all of the uh, you know uh, enlightened people are often so often disdaining. It's it, it sounds like a, a like a religious intolerance. Steve's right. There are people out there who who look at you, and if you're drinking out of a plastic straw, you're 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 killing them and the future and all the rest of it. And they've got this enormous emotional. Um, investment in it. But I guess I guess where I'm going with this is here in California, you will often see frequently see people in a car with the windows up wearing a mask. You know that they've already been triple vaccinated. And and after we recovered, Natasha and I, my wife and I've got we got the Omega variant, which which is no fun at all. It wasn't it, it was it was brutal. We went to the beach when we felt uh, good enough to do that, and and we would see people standing. There wasn't so anybody within six, seven hundred yards, and and they're wearing masks on the beach alone. Now I'm not. I don't want to make this about COVID. I don't want to make it about mask effectivists. I don't want to make this about about vaccine effectivists because it's not. I want to know what the dynamic is that drives the kind of hatred towards people who, if you understand how vaccines work are no threat to you or to anybody else. I I think there are a couple of factors here. Um, Number one, I always try to keep in mind, and this is a general application principle that I use all over the place. When somebody is behaving in a way that I don't understand, I always, or try to remember, to tell myself, they are doing what they feel is right. 
Now, accepting cases of diagnosable mental disease or, or uh, imbalance, you know, that most people at any given time are doing what they believe in the moment to be the right thing. So I start with that understanding and think, okay, in what world would this be the right thing to do? What do you have to believe to think this way, to be able to re react in a harsh manner against somebody just because, you know, they're not wearing a mask, for example. Um, the other thing is to, to your point about people who are already isolated and wearing masks as if they were traveling in, in crowds when there was a yellow fever epidemic going on. I think um, in a sense, those people are overwhelmed by the hardships of the world and the randomness of disaster and the, the, the rampantness of disease and the way things just seem to happen, uh, you know, in, in obscure ways that they can't comprehend. And so they feel they must do something. And what can you do if you're not a scientist involved in a research project or a doctor or a nurse actively helping people? You can play your part. You can put on a mask, even though you, you may understand that the mask isn't going to do anything for you or anybody else. You may be able to put on the mask to basically say, look, we're all in this together. Here's my sign that I'm in this with you. Um, I want you to do the same thing because if we would all do this, uh, we don't necessarily all need to do this, but would, if we would all do this, then some people would be helped. And it upsets them because they're already feeling overwhelmed by the chaos of the world and they're trying to do something and you're not. That's and, it. And if you're not participating in it with them, then that adds to their feeling of overwhelm. Like, holy cow, what good does it do if I wear a mask in a sealed car by myself if that guy next to me at the light isn't doing the same thing? <laughs> you know, there's there's always this sense like I am, I am exerting myself here and doing something uncomfortable for nothing. There's no benefit to it because we can't get the rest of these lunkheads to do it as well. And so there's that. It's a, a disease is a social phenomenon. And if, yeah, you're, if you're not getting the vaccine or you're not wearing the mask, for example, you're not acting as if you are part of society. You are acting as an individual. And that is offensive to somebody who thinks on a societal scale. And, you know, there's always the kind of the snarky insult to progressives is they love people, they just don't like any particular person. And, and that's that, you know, that's that kind of idea. It's like, we want to save the world, but not you. Um, so, uh, and, and then there's the final factor beyond that sort of societal thing is that there are lots of people, and this is regardless of disease or anything else, who are in general rules of abiding people. And the way that they function in society is if the teacher told them in second grade that they needed to sit at their desk with their feet in front of them and their hands folded on their desk, well, then they take great pride in doing so. And they're quite annoyed if the guy at the desk next to them has his feet off to the side and his hands in his pockets. And so that is, that, that's disturbing their zeitgeist. It is disturbing their worldview. And that is upsetting. And so I tend to think of angry people as being scared people. And I don't, mean that, right. I don't mean that as an insult. I mean that when somebody is reacting harshly to you, it, sometimes if you step back and say and to yourself without insulting the person, say, I wonder what she's afraid of. I wonder what she's afraid of because something is scaring her if she's having an irrational reaction to you, um, unless 
like I said, she's completely lost rationality and is mentally diseased. Well, that's a fair amount of that particular pandemic uh, here in California, but that's that's not really the point. This is very this has been enlightening to me from 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 both of you guys. Um, you, we, we mentioned in the back Scott mentioned in the backstage show that one of the one of the primary drivers of this "I hope you die, you unvaccinated swine" uh, dynamic is is just plain lack of education, just plain lack of fundamental understanding of what a vaccine is and how a vaccine works. Again, just so we're clear on the on the motivation, let's make this about yellow fever. <clears throat> My entire question arose from the fact that if yellow fever is killing everybody around me and a yellow fever vaccine is developed and I am vaccinated, then it doesn't matter what those people are doing. It doesn't affect me. Also on the backstage show, we talked about during the early stage of the pandemic and the whole idea of herd immunity. And I basically used the analogy of in California, we have these wildfires because there's lots and lots of dense, dead, very dry uh, bushes next to each other. And once that density gets high enough, the fire jumps from one to the other quickly as possible. Once you start separating that by people who survive, like a burned out bush, then the fire has to work harder and harder to cover the distance. And eventually, if you burn out enough bushes, the fire can't burn anymore because there's no fuel. If, if, if people understood the vaccine thing, what they essentially would be saying is, if I build a, I'm building a plexiglass dome over my personal bush, it doesn't matter what happens to the rest of the, to the rest of the hillside because I'm protected. So I've never, uh, I've never understood where the anger comes from, but I think Scott's uh, on it really is, is people don't understand it and they're, and they're afraid of it. And I think Steve also has a point in terms of, the realization that this is the efficacy. I'm not going to get into the efficacy of this vaccine. I want to just stay on topic, but let's just say it's not everything that we hoped it would be. I, I found this quote. Uh, I don't, I'd credit it if, if I, if I uh, knew the name of the person, but I saw this on the internet and, and I think it was a nurse. And the quote is, why do the protected need to be protected from the unprotected by forcing the unprotected to use the protection that didn't protect the protected in the first place. <laughs> and I really think that's probably wow. it. But in any event, it's, it's, it's a sign of something deeper, something, something that, that is fundamentally irrational. And I do think that conformity and, and the unwillingness to, and the, and the anger directed at people who don't conform is a big part of this. I'll just close by one little, a uh, very fast story about my uh, my tremendously uh, nerdy high school uh, existence. When I got to be a senior and started making movies, and suddenly I got invited to parties, and I was a lot more popular than I was when I was trying to be an astronaut with a calculator on my belt. And during these parties, this is 1977, so factor that in. So you got all these high school kids, and now they're like, I'm at one of these parties, and they're like, hey, you, know, you want to smoke a joint? And they're passing all this, this uh, joints around. And I said, I don't think so. Thank you. I just didn't want to. And the second I said no, everybody else, it became their mission to make sure that I did. And the more I dug my feet in and said no, the harder they were determined to make sure that I did the same thing as everybody. Else. I don't have any problem with smoking drugs. I, I, I didn't. It's not like, I oh, no, no, I just didn't want to. 
But because I didn't want to, and because I was the only person who didn't want to, everybody else increased the pressure and very few people built like this. But the more pressure they put on me, the more determined I was that I wasn't going to do it. And it seems to me like what we're seeing today out there is a, is a macrocosmic version of, of that dynamic, that sense of we're all doing something and maybe we're all doing something that maybe we shouldn't be doing, but we're all doing something and you're not. And, and I don't like that. And Scott got that right on the, right on the head. Anyway, something to think about uh, until next week. Uh, this show is made possible by the paying members of BillWhittle.com who have uh, kept the lights on here, kept these shows coming five of these right angles a week uh, for a long, long time. And a special thanks to all of them for the very kind words for the last uh, two or three weeks when my wife and I were um, were fighting this thing off the old-fashioned way as they <laughs> would back in the days of yellow fever by sweating it out and toughing it out and getting maybe a little bit lucky. We'll see you next week on Right Angle. 